This is the Simplistic Reviews Podcast, 2022 Year in Review. A collection of all the sketches that we made throughout the year, with some tidbits and trivia about each one thrown in. I'm your announcer Julie. And I'm stuck here at Simplistic Reviews Headquarters doing this because Matthew, DJ and Justin are off celebrating the holidays. And I'm smart enough to know the holidays are a scam. Our first sketch of the year was based on the Francis Ford Coppola film Apocalypse Now. It seemed fitting since we took an extra month off to begin the year. Fun fact. DJ suffered from a heart attack while recording this sketch. Wait. Sorry. Martin Sheen is the one who had the heart attack filming Apocalypse Now. DJ suffered from a hemorrhoid. More than likely. It has been 30 days. 30 days since we've done a show. Done an episode of the Simplistic Reviews podcast. I was sent in to find the self-proclaimed Colonel. Colonel Polizzi. Rumor was he had gone missing at the end of the river. Rumor was he had gone nuts. But I found him. Him and Stewart. An argument could be made as to who was crazier. Why would a nice guy like you come here and disturb a genius? I know. You know something, man. I know something that you don't know. That's right, Jack. The man is clear in his mind, but his soul is mad. What are they going to say when he's gone, huh? Because he dies when the show dies, man. When the show dies, he dies. What are they going to say about him? What? What are they going to say? He was a kind man. He was a wise man. He made jokes. He did Pacino impressions. Bullshit, man. Am I going to be that one gets him back on the air? Look at me. Wrong. You, you can. You want some? You want some grass? You're telling me weed is the only thing you're on? Stewart took me inside Polizzi's camp. It smelled like slow death in there. Valeria, nightmares, cigar films on repeat. This was the end of the river, all right. Colonel Polizzi, sir. They say, why, Valentine? Why they wanted to terminate my vacation? I was sent on a classified mission, sir. No longer classified, is it? what they tell you? They told me that you had gone totally insane and uh, that your methods were sound. Are my methods unsound? I don't see any method at all, sir. I mean, you're wearing a clown outfit and dripping Hawaiian punch all over your head. I expected you. What did you expect? I expected you to take a couple of weeks off, maybe go to Six Flags, downtown Disney, not hold up in R. Kelly's sex dungeon here. Are you an assassin? I'm a podcaster. You're neither. 
You're an urn boy. Sent by grocery clerks to collect a bill. That analogy is lost on me, but we have to get back on the air, sir. The audience demands it. What do we talk about? Present day geopolitics? An article on the failed military industrial complex written by some virgin professor for Time magazine? We talk movies. We talk TV. We talk about odd Ed Sheeran cameos and straight to Netflix action films starring Dwayne Johnson. The horror. The horror. Sure, sure, we can talk about horror films too. The Coppola comedy keeps coming with a Godfather reenactment involving Chris Pratt. Special thanks to Greg Cafaro for getting us Arnold Schwarzenegger to do a cameo. At least that's what he told us. Alright, start talking. I was sent by some friends of Chris Pratt. These friends are my clients. They would give their undying friendship to you, Mr. Waltz, if Mr. Waltz would grant us a small favor. Mr. Waltz is listening. Give Chris Pratt the part of Mario in Garfield in your new animated films you're starting next year. I know almost every big lawyer in New York City. Who the hell are you? I have a special practice. I handle one client, Hillstrong Church. The church that hates gay people? They're even more offensive than me. And uh, what favor would your friends grant, Mr. Waltz? You're going to have some union problems. My clients could make them disappear. Also, one of your stars has moved up from marijuana to heroin. Are you trying to muscle me? Absolutely now not. Now you listen to me, you smooth-talking son of a bitch. Let me lay it out for you and your bosses, whoever they are. Chris Pratt will never voice those characters. I don't care how many Bible-thumping Quaker Pappas altar boys come out of the woodwork. I'm second-generation agnostic. Well, let me tell you something, my heathen friend. I'm going to make so much trouble for you, you won't know what hit you. Mr. Waltz, I'm a lawyer. I have not threatened. Uh, I like your style. I respect it. Just tell your church pals they should ask me anything else. But this is one favor I can't give. My client never asks a favor if they refuse the first. You don't understand. There's no way Chris Pratt gets to voice Mario or Garfield, and I'll tell you why. Because he's not Italian or Bill Murray? Well, yeah, but there's an even bigger reason. Chris Pratt ruined one of Waltz International's most viable projects. For five years we had it under development. Got some grade A special effects. Solid director. J.K. Simmons was attached. And let me be even more frank. Just to show you, I'm not a hard-hearted man. It was on Amazon Prime streaming service. We had a marketing tie-in with every box they shipped. It was the greatest batch of ads I've ever had, and I've had them all over the world. Then Chris Pratt comes along with his folksy face and his dopey charm, and it bombs on streaming. It made me look ridiculous, and a man in my position can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. This is the Tomorrow War movie, isn't it? I gotta tell you, I think the script did more damage than Chris Pratt. Get the hell out of here! And if Chris Pratt tries any rough stuff, you tell him I ain't no dinosaur. Yeah, I saw that picture. How about an autographed picture and birthday greeting from Chris Pratt's father-in-law? Wait, who's his father-in-law? You have one new message. First message. Received today at 5.52 a.m. Hello, Jack. 
This is a special birthday greeting from your pal Arnold. Since you helped out my son-in-law for your next birthday, I'll be back. This next sketch stems from the fears of Freddie Moss, attorney of the Simplistic Reviews podcast, that we may be sued for the horrible things we say on the show. To be fair, those concerns are warranted. This is C-SPAN. We now return you to the FCC's regulatory committee hearing for the Simplistic Reviews podcast. Yeah, you really are that lonely. Order! Order! This session will come to order! All right, Senator, you may proceed. Thank you. Good morning, Mr. Polizzi. Good morning, Senator. You'll forgive me if I start off with a fastball here, but is it or is it not true that despite numerous warnings, phone calls, letters, and sanctions, you personally have time and time again vehemently slandered the Warner Brothers Corporation on dozens of episodes of the Simplistic Reviews podcast? Yes, Senator. Uh, technically, that is accurate. And if I may, give some clarifying remarks. Uh, fuck Warner Brothers. Fuck Warner Brothers and their fucking dumbass. Fuck them. Fuck their stockholders. Fuck Michigan J. Frog. Wherever he's been. Fuck a lot of Thank them. you. Thank you. I think you've painted a clear enough picture for us, Mr. Polizzi. Mr. Stewart. Senator. Now it is no secret that you yourself have dipped your proverbial toes in the river of obscenities while on the show. Is that right? Well, um, (laughs) a little fuzzy on the meaning of that oddly specific analogy. In fact, you have on multiple occasions used the C word on broadcast air. How do you defend that, sir? Mm, uh, The C word? Yes, the C word. Do you mean cinema? (sighs) No, Mr. Stewart. Cumberbatch? No... Mm, Candyman? No, you know very well what C-word I'm referring to, Mr. Stewart. See you next Tuesday. Oh, I thought we were scheduled to meet back here Monday. Maybe I got my wires crossed. Hooray, for a three-day weekend at least. Never mind. I rescind my question for the sake of preserving time. (laughs) Thanks, cunt. (laughs) Mr. Valentine. (laughs) Do your worst, Senator. I'm cleaner than the nun's nethers. I'm sure you'd like everyone here to believe that, Mr. Valentine. But I've sifted through dozens and dozens of script and found that some of the more deplorable and offensive sketches performed on the Simplistic Reviews podcast have your fingerprints all over them. That's a bit of a generalization, Senator. It's more of a powwow procedure in the conception of any sketch we kind of... I've got a sketch here involving the insertion of characters from the children's program Sesame Street into a mockumentary about murderous, foul-mouthed gangsters? Well... Who's to say if Jim Henson were still alive, he wouldn't have come up with the same Another idea. sketch involving the cartoon character April O'Neil needing an intervention from her friends due to her entering into a sexualized, polyamorous relationship with Ninja Turtles. I'd posit that sketch is more educational than offensive. A sketch about the villain Skeletor learning from one of his henchmen what the term 69 means? Well, that's just funny. Cut the crap, Mr. Valentine. You are due your fair share of blame when it comes to the disgusting, distasteful, and detestable sketches created by the Simplistic Reviews podcast over the years, including the one that we are presently in. What? What? Senator, it is clear to everyone here that this is just another government-sanctioned witch hunt. 
a farce built up so you can legitimize your salaries and the spending of our tax dollars. That's right. We may be crass. We may be crude. We may find dick jokes told using a bad Sam Elliott impression hilarious. But... Oh, there's there's no buts. I just wanted to point those those things out. It seems we're getting nowhere here. I yield the rest of my time to the gentleman from South Carolina. <clears throat> Thank you, Senator. I just have one general inquiry for the three of you, if you don't mind me asking. You, you fellas gonna do any more commentaries for those Andy Sedaris movies? You know, the ones with the, the ladies hopping around with the big old boobies? <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. We rounded out March with help from Live versus Film and Deep Blue Sea the podcast's own Jake Lewitt to point out how the Oscars have begun leaning a bit on the younger side in terms of what they celebrate. Thanks for coming in on short notice, Virgil. We were really in a bind. The pleasure is all mine. There is a lot of carbon copy, lowbrow nonsense out there that I've been working on. So I always leap at the chance to do any voiceover work celebrating true cinema. Well, the Academy Awards are trying to get some more young viewers this year, but it still wants to have the same kind of gravitas you bring to each broadcast. Certainly. Right, let's take it from the top, at your own speed. And three, two, one. Belfast, nominated for seven Academy Awards, directed by Sir Kenneth Branagh, the director who brought you such classics as 1989's Henry V, 1996's Hamlet, and 2011's Thor... Thor... Wait, wait. Uh, you okay, Virgil? Yes, just... just are, are you sure this is the right copy? Yep. Proved by the producer this morning. Adding Thor seems a, a little off, don't you think? Shouldn't we point to more of Branagh's book adaptations? Well, technically, Thor is a book adaptation. No, no, not a comic book. A book book. You know, like a novel. Sure, sure. Keep going. I believe the next section points out some. Right. My mistake. I'm ready. And three, two, one. Kenneth Branagh presents Belfast, a semi-autobiographical tale of life in Northern Ireland during the 1960s. Branagh brings this story to life with the same cinematic magic he used to bring to life literary works like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. <sighs> Sorry, I have to stop again. What's the matter? This really doesn't capture the essence of Branagh's work. I mean, it, it is his work. He worked on it. It's on his IMDb page. Yes, it's, it's his work, but I mean his his actual talents as a director. I'm missing your point here, Virgil. Never mind. Let's, let's just do the next one. No problem. And three, two, one. Nominated for four Academy Awards, Nightmare Alley. A chilling crime thriller from the mind of two-time Oscar winner Guillermo del Toro. The visionary behind such films as The Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth, and Blade 2. Stop, stop. What now? Blade 2 is not a film. Well, technically... Shut up. I know it's a film. But you're highlighting things that aren't, you know, acclaimed. Roger Ebert gave it three and a half out of four stars. I'd consider that a claim from one of the finest critics ever. 
Unless Roger Ebert isn't good enough for you, Virgil. I didn't. I didn't say that. <sighs> Why don't I move on to the best actress bit and circle back to this later? Fine. And three, two, one. This year's best actress category is a quintet of quintessential quality. The nominees are. We're still rolling, Virgil. X Men: Dark Phoenix's own. Jessica Chastain, Aquaman star Nicole Kidman, Charlie's Angels 2019 headliner Kristen Stewart, Zoolander 2's Penelope Cruz, and soon, soon to be lead in Marvel's Disney Plus series Secret Invasion, Olivia Coleman. Got it, that's great, Virgil, great. Now, for the memoriam. The Academy wanted to spice it up a bit, so when I drop the beat, try and just gently wrap the names for us. Wrap the names? Yep. And three, two, one. And what the hell word do you suggest I use to rhyme with Bogdanovich? April saw the long-awaited release of Morbius. A film. Well, not a film. A meme. That had the distinction to be released and bomb. Twice. So we make fun of it with two sketches. Welcome to the Comic Book Doctor Symposium. May I have your name, please? Dr. Michael Morbius, at your service. I am not seeing your name here or seeing you on the list. There must be some mistake. Hello, Kyle. Hi, Victor. Is that a new cloak? I knew you'd notice. Of course. Brings out the chrome in your armor. Here's your name tag. This guy you recognize, but you don't recognize me? <laughs> and what's so funny? That's Victor Von Doom. Yes, I, I am Doom. He may be the most recognizable fictional doctor, let alone comic book doctor of all time. To be fair, it's probably between me and Dr. Watson. But ask that posh stick-in-up if he runs his own country. Hello, Kyle. Hello, Victor. So glad you made it, Otto. You know him too? Doc Ock? Of course. He's, you know, a Spider-Man villain. I'm a Spider-Man villain. Really? Odd that I've never heard of you. You'd think we would have bumped into each other while trying to kill that infernal webhead. Maybe you're confused, Marcus. It's Michael. What I need to say is, are you sure you're at the right symposium? Yes, I'm a comic book doctor. Doctor of what? Biochemistry. <laughs> What? That's more of a pseudoscience. What? Look in there by the punch hole. Doctor Strange, surgeon. Doctor Connors, surgeon. Doctor Fate, archaeologist. Doc Samson, psychiatrist. Ark here is a physicist. Guilty. And me? Well, I. Yeah, what the hell are you a doctor of exactly? Well, I've got a doctorate in every goddamn thing. By the way, here's my card. Dentistry's on the list, and you'll be able to have a lot of talk build up. Okay, you're right. I do know about you too. Doc Ock, wife murdering megalomaniac who should have been cancelled a long time ago for being a little too handsy with the ladies. Literally. Hey! I killed my wife by accident. It was criminal negligence at best. <clears throat> um, I, I, I paid the fifth on the handsy thing. And Doctor Doom, narcissistic megalomaniac, too ugly to show his own face. In either case, I'm cooler than both of you guys put together. Because I'm a living fucking vampire. (laughs) 
What? Ignoring the oxymoronic nature of the moniker, the living vampire, real vampires suck blood by biting you on the neck. Don't you do it through gross little suckers on your hands? Okay, that was only due to censorship by Fox Kids on that stupid Saturday morning cartoon show in the 90s. Perhaps your invitation was sent, but somehow just got delayed. Oh, ha ha, very... Wait, you both do know who I am. You're making jokes about my cartoon appearance and my movie release date. Go, Marcus, bye. It's Michael. Kyle, they're making jokes about my cartoon appearance and movie release date. They know me. They both know me. Come on, Dr. Fate is in there and he's not even in the Marvel Universe. Welcome to Fangs. I'm afraid it's comic book vampires only. I am a comic book vampire. Name? Dr. Michael Morbius, at your service. I don't see your name on the list. Oh, come on, man. This is ridiculous. It's a comic book vampire club. I'm a comic book vampire. Which comic book? Spider-Man! I know Spider-Man. He never mentioned you. Can't you just take my word for it? Just this once. Please. You know what? I think we can find some room for you in there. Go on in. Really? Wow, thanks so much. I appreciate that. You're very kind. Hey, what's your name, sir? Me? Name's Eric. Most people just call me... Blade. You've got to be kidding me. If you really look at some of the athletes in films and TV, you'd see a lot of dark shit. Which is saying something, considering that O.J. Simpson exists. Welcome back, Graham Moss, Flip Henshaw here, live from the Fictional Football Hall of Fame, the place where only the best football players in movie and television history get to live on forever. And these fans behind us are itching to see these years inductees, but Flip, you have compiled your own list of hopefuls who you think are worthy candidates. That's right, Graham. I took some time to compile my list, and I think these players should be a lock to get in this year. All right, let's get to it. Okay, number one, Forrest Gump. He may not be a smart man, but he does know what football is. We're talking about one of the most decorated, highly titled recruits out of the SEC powerhouse, Alabama. Gump's a war hero, an entrepreneur, and an unstoppable kick returner. 4-2 speed, unbelievable focus. It's easy to be on the spectrum when the light is shining off those shining national championships he's won. And just because some woke millennials dug up some fugazi ties his family might have to the clan doesn't mean he isn't a gifted football player. Number two. We're talking about Hans Ward of the Gotham Knights. The only way to describe Ward's speed? Explosive. Mainly because he managed to score a touchdown while avoiding a massive multi-phase explosion set off by a mass terrorist named Bane. Sure, Ward watching all his teammates and coaches die right in front of his eyes may have led to some serious psychological damage later on in his career, but no one can question the man's heart. Number three. I'm going with Ray Finkel of the Miami Dolphins. Finkel's pronouns are he, she, him, or her, depending on the mood. So what if Finkel has a criminal record? You name me a professional athlete nowadays who doesn't. I know what you're thinking. Flip? Place kicker? Yes, Finkel's a kicker. We're talking about a player that is involved in every single scoring play for his team. A team Finkel helped bring to the AFC Championship. That chick may have a dick, but she sure can kick. Number four, Al Touchdown Bundy. Hey, Ted isn't the only Bundy in history who's a killer. Al Bundy, the bruising fullback from Polk City High School, is not only famed for scoring four touchdowns in a single game, but also punching out his coach for being a quitter. 33 was the number he wore in high school, but it was also the number of how many deep the line was of high school girls that wanted to bang his gridiron god. He may have become a shoe salesman married with children who started an anti-feminist group that would surely get him canceled today, but in his heyday, Bundy was a beast. Number five. I want to talk about a weapon of a player who just so happens to be a player with a weapon. I'm talking about Billy Cole of the LA Stallions. 
He may be last on my list, but he is no Boy Scout. We're talking about a five-tool athlete here. He can run, he can catch, he can throw, he can tackle, and he can shoot. Man, can he shoot. Preferably a 45 or a Glock. It was kind of hard to tell in the rain. Cole scored on and killed two linebackers on his final play from scrimmage. This is a player who has proven time and time again it's almost impossible to stop him from reaching the end zone, especially because he's armed. Graham? When we return, Johnny Utah joins us live via satellite and he gets to set the record straight on his career-ending injury while he became an FBI agent and the long-rumored blood ties to replacement player's star, Shane Falco. With Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness releasing in May, we decided to do a deep dive into the hero and surprise villain of the movie. Heather Baxendale Walsh channels her inner Wanda, and DJ channels his inner Strange because he's strange as fuck. If you thought Spider-Man teaming up with Doctor Strange was cool, just wait until he meets the Scarlet Witch. Here's an exclusive clip from this summer's biggest movie event, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's in the Multiverse of Madness. What? Wanda. Well, I knew sooner or later you'd show up. I made mistakes, and people were hurt. I'm not here to talk about Westview. Really? No. I'm here to talk about... Are you sure? <laughs> Pretty sure. I physically and mentally kidnapped an entire town. Men, women, children, comatose anyone who threatened to disrupt my illusion delusion. All so I could get over the loss of my robotic sex toy. That sounds horrible, but that still isn't why I'm here. I seek information on... Darkhold. You want it back. You have the Darkhold. The Book of Sins. The Book of the Damned. Well, when you give it all those creepy names, you make it sound worse than it is. I was just perusing it to see if there was a way to resurrect my imaginary children. That... I again had with my sentient sex toy. Or at least a phantom construct of him. Well, as odd and incredibly reckless as that is, I haven't come to discuss that. Good, because I can't find that thing for the life of me. I need to know about... Wakanda. What did you do to Wakanda? I blew up its citizens. You blew up Wakanda? No! Well, technically yes. Just a small part. That wasn't in Wakanda, but kinda was in Wakanda. Sorta. What the hell are you talking about? I blew up a Wakandan embassy. And I'm a bit fuzzy on the framework of UN policy, but I think that kinda counts as blowing up a small portion of Wakanda. Why would you blow up a Wakandan embassy, Wanda? Well, Crossbones blew himself up, and I tried to redirect him away from me. And you thought the best place to redirect him was a Wakandan embassy? I'm telling you, it came out of nowhere. Well, since the Sorcerer Supreme remains neutral on geopolitical matters, I'm going to stay out of that very concerning incident. I want you to tell me... Why I fought the Avengers. What? Wait, aren't you an Avenger? Now? But before I became one, I worked with another sentient robot in an effort to blow up the Earth. At which time, I may or may not have hypnotized all the Avengers, including the Hulk, which may or may not have sent him on a rampage through a highly populated city, costing the lives of 
men, women, and children. Doc? Sorry, just had to organize that ramble in my head for a second. Like I said, I made mistakes. Some involved killing and or kidnapping a bunch of people. Some involved fighting the Avengers one and a half times. One and a half? There was a civil war in there somewhere. Wanda, I came here to talk to you about the dangers of the multiverse, but it appears its dangers pale in comparison to you. Says the weirdly bearded birthday party magician who meddled with reality in order to get Tobey Maguire to star in a movie again. Come again? Speaking of multiverses, you should have seen what I did to the mutants back in the day. What's a mutant? Exactly. You know what? Never mind. I'm just going to see if the Eternals are busy. Trust me, they're not. Doctor Strange and, um, to be determined, star in Doctor Strange in a Multiverse of Madness. In the, in the Multiverse of Madness. Why is this name so long? Doctor Strange 2, let's just go with that, huh? These titles aren't a game of fucking Scrabble. Obi-Wan Kenobi the series, let's face it, was bad. Although, Kenobi the person might be even worse if you really think about it. Kenobi! Obi-Wan Kenobi! Kenobi, where are you? Hello there. Obi-Wan, we have to talk. Darwin, please, it's it's Ben, remember? We have to stick to our cover story. Our cover story? You haven't told me any story, Ben. Like why we need a cover story to begin with. Are, are we in some kind of danger here? No, 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 of course not. I don't... I don't think... At least... Not now. Maybe later? Look, when you showed up out of the blue and handed me a baby, I didn't ask any questions. Mainly because Brew was about as fertile as the Dune Sea, and having an eventual extra hand around the moisture farm would really help me out. But you lurking around at Luke's school, uh, the Tashi station with his friends, and our backyard is getting to be a little much. I was, I was lurking. Lurking! Yeah, lurking. I don't know what else to tell him other than you're some crazy hermit who's into boys. Tell me what's going on. Okay. Remember your stepbrother. Guy with the girl's name? Uh, Annabelle? uh, Angela? Anakin. Right. He went... to the dark side. What do I look like? Do I look like I know what that means? Right, well, remember when he slaughtered a bunch of Tusken Raiders the first day you met him. Yeah. The dark side is kind of like that, but all over. You gotta be kidding me. Fine, whatever. You, you said he died, right? You said you killed him. Well, from a certain point of view. Certain point of view? It's your point of view! You were there! Did you kill him or not? One could say Anakin died. And in his place... Darth Vader was born. Anakin's Darth Vader? The Emperor's right-hand man-bot? And you let him live? Hey, cut me some slack. I left him at the side of a volcano. You'd think molten lava crawling up someone's leg would get the job done. I take it back. Please stop telling me things. And Luke is his son. Who Vader will stop at nothing in order to find. That's why we have to keep the boy hidden and safe. Kenobi, you're telling me that the child you gave us is the offspring of an intergalactic warlord... Sith Lord, but I see your point. ...who happens to be your mortal enemy, who happens to be 
my crazy stepbrother. An unfortunate coincidence, to be sure. Who happens to be using every resource at his disposal to find and kill us. Those resources are considerable. And the best place you thought to hide this kid was on Vader's home planet at his dead mother's house. That was your plan. I admit that there may have been some rushed decision making on my part. You think? But I assure you, everything will be fine, Owen. Trust in the force. Trust in the... I live in a dirt igloo, Kenobi. My livelihood is predicated on farming water vapor in a fucking desert! The Force, if there is such a thing, clearly doesn't give a damn about me, and now I have to live the rest of my shitty life with a target on my back. So do you, by the way. And uh, I hate to break it to you, Ben Kenobi isn't as clever of a pseudonym as you think it is. I mean, you're wearing the same fucking clothes for crying out loud. You think the Empire's gonna have trouble picking you out in a crowd? I suppose I could try out some more desert-appropriate attire. Some shorts, perhaps. Why didn't you just paint a bullseye on my forehead, huh? Why not just build a giant fucking neon sign outside my house that just says, Hey Vader, couple of victims right here, two points. For fuck's sake, Luke's still going by Skywalker. I'm going home and changing that kid's last name today. I really think you're overreacting. Ah, ah, ah. What? Keep those mitts where I can see them. Don't you do that weird hand-wavy nonsense to me. It's literally the creepiest thing you do. Wait, you've done it to me before, haven't you? How many... How many times have we had this conversation? Well, from a certain point of view. Oh shit. June saw a gritty reboot of Buzz Lightyear hit the theaters. It failed. They probably should have went with our idea for an adult Toy Story tale. If you thought Lightyear was Disney's one shot to mature the Pixar universe, you were wrong. Dead wrong. Nobody move! This here's a robbery. Now I want all the money from that safe in those bags and placed neatly on this counter right here, right now. Son, do you know whose bank you're robbing? Do you know who the sheriff of this town is? I don't very much care. Money, now, reach for the sky. Who the hell are you? I'm the sheriff around these parts. Most just call me Woody. Pixar and surprisingly the creators of Deadwood bring you Woody. The chillingest, killingest, blood spillingest cowboy in the wild, wild west. Looks here like you ain't playing nice with these folks. I can't have that. Is this the part where I'm supposed to panic? This is the perfect time to panic. You must have missed a class in sheriff school, Woody. I got you dead to rights. You still got your gun holstered. I'm not too worried about you firing on account of your vision is likely starting to get a little fuzzy. And I don't have to pull my pistol on account of that fact. You're going to be dead anyways in about 30 seconds. Woody, this is one cowboy you don't want to play with. My, my eyes. Well, I must confess. Knew you were coming. Also knew you stopped to refill your canteen before riding into town. Also knew exactly 
where you stop. Wait, I, I, I don't feel so good. Being stupid must work up quite a thirst. Would you look at that? Somebody poisoned the water hole. He's dead. You, you just murdered him, Sheriff. That wasn't murder. That was dying. With style. So long, partner. Woody. He's rounding up all his enemies. And putting them in the ground. Hey, we're getting together a posse to go after that bastard Black Bart. Anyone seen the sheriff? <laughs> he's upstairs with the sale. Again? Oh my, Sheriff. What's that? There's a snake. And it ain't in my boot. Jurassic World came back. For some reason. So we decided to release a Jurassic Park sketch that, no lie, was recorded three years prior. Yeah, we sit on our stuff for a while. Learn to fly, Dr. Grant. Seriously. Well, maybe dinosaurs have more in common with present-day birds than they do with reptiles. Look at the pubic bone, turned backward, just like a bird. Look at the vertebrae, full of air sacs and hollows, just like a bird. And even the word raptor means bird of prey. That doesn't look very scary. More like a six-foot turkey. Turkey. Okay. Try to imagine yourself in the Cretaceous period. Here we go. You get your first look at this six-foot turkey as you enter a clearing. He moves like a bird, lightly bobbing his head. And you keep still because you think that maybe his visual acuity is based on movement, like a T-Rex. He'll lose you if you don't move. And you keep still because you're fat and out of shape, even for a kid your age. Is he explaining raptus or obesity? I'm not sure. You stare at him, and he just stares right back at your fat ass. And that's when the attack comes. Not from the front, but from the side. From the other two raptors you didn't even know were there. Because Velociraptor is a pack hunter, you see. He uses coordinated attack patterns and he is out in force today. Especially for the chubby and chunky. And he slashes at you with this. A six-inch retractable claw, like a razor, on the middle toe. Should we step in here? I don't know. It's, it's okay. He's, um, uh, he's a doctor? He doesn't bother to bite your jugular like a lion, say. No, no, no. He slashes you here or here. Or maybe across the belly, spilling your intestines. And judging by your belly, you've got a lot of them. The point is, you are alive when they start to eat you. Unless I forget, velociraptors are insatiable horn dogs. Since they travel in all-male packs, they've been known to try and mount anything, even their prey, sometimes while the others are eating it. So, you're alive while they're humping and eating you. And then there's the other thing you have to worry about. Oh no, there's another thing. After you die in, let's say, two to three hours or so, you might begin to wonder if you're getting into heaven or not. Because you're young, and a fat child, you might not have lived long enough to accumulate enough sin to bar you from the eternal loving embrace of the Almighty. Or maybe you have. 
Maybe shoving 17 candy bars into your fat gob each night before bed counts as enough gluttony to damn you to a never-ending lake of fire. Or worse yet, in the last fleeting moments of non-consensual sex and mutilation from an 80 million year old alpha predator, perhaps the thought washes over your fat fucking face. What if, what if there is no God? No paradise, no purgatory, no nothing. Just nothingness, a black, infinite void, a vacant, barren abyss where you, the mere essence of you, no longer exists, evaporated from being forever. So instead of comparing a velociraptor to some lunch meat you'd like to slide into your fifth sandwich, maybe try and show a little respect, hmm? Alan. Yes, Ellie? I don't think I want to have kids with you anymore. It wouldn't be the 4th of July without an O to the film Independence Day. DJ Valentine lost his voice doing the voice of the alien for this sketch for two days. It was the most wonderful two days ever. Dr. Oaken? Dr. Oaken. Release me. Open the door. Get him out of there. No, wait. Mr. President. The alien. Controlling him. Release me. No. No. I know there's much we can learn from each other. If... We can negotiate a truce. We can find a way to coexist. Can there be a peace between us? Peace. No peace. What is it you want us to do? Unless what? Get George R. Martin to release his final Game of Thrones novels. Shit. Or get off the pot. Fine. It could take some time. He's a pretty big procrastinator and a hippie, so... Some people think he's funny. Mr. President, we shouldn't negotiate with this creature. Just, Just give me a second. What else? Might be a little tricky. The creator of the Firefly universe, he's a bit toxic right now. Do you know what canceled means? One last thing. Reality shows. Get rid of them. Wait, which reality shows? All of them. They're terrible. 
What did you say? This is even debatable. They're the downfall of your civilization. Major Mitchell, is that glass bulletproof? No, sir. Wait. Just hear me Tucker Carlson sucks. I don't really have a witty add-on to that thought. He just sucks. Imagine if he and the rest of the supposed, America first loving, Fox News pundits had a shot at interviewing Captain America. You are watching Fox News. Likely because you have a small dick, or just hate Mexicans. Coming up next, Tucker Carlson tonight. I'm Tucker Carlson and I hate black people. My guest tonight is the former Captain America and former leader of the Avengers, Steve Rogers. Good evening, Steve. Thanks for having me on the program. Might as well start off with this. You bestowed the mantle of Captain America to Sam Wilson, a black man who has no superpowers and is not even a real captain. Was your decision based on some sort of woke diversity play since the Avengers started not PC for the mainstream media to actually promote a qualified white man? <laughs> you used about three terms there that I, I'm not familiar with. Let's try a different question. What qualifies you, of all people, to be Captain America? Well, for one, I, I, I am American. Brooklyn, a blue state. And yet, the love of your life is a British me tour. one of your best friends is practically an Antifa, and the other is a one-armed Russian spy. Hell, you were caught locking lips with another Russian spy while fleeing your own government. You know, the one whose flag you have printed on your chest? Can you explain yourself, sir? Antifa? L look, Peggy Carter was a founding member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Sam Wilson was a veteran who, before becoming a superhero, helped out other veterans. Buggy was brainwashed for decades and Natasha Romanoff not only defected... Another illegal immigrant Cap here has assembled on our soil without cause. ...but gave her life so we could get a second chance to save the universe. You throw around these labels that do nothing but belittle the sacrifices people made. I think the real question is, who asked for you, your billionaire elitist, and your band of superpowered social justice warriors to actually save us? What? Who asked? That's not how saving works. You just do it. Nobody asked. Correct. Nobody asked, and because of your short-sightedness in quote-unquote saving us, we face one of the largest economic and refugee crises of this generation. Some heroes, am I right? You know, I, I typically say I can do this all day, but I think I'm at my limit here. Steve Rogers, everyone. America's ass. My next guest, live via satellite from D.C., is Senator Stern. He's going to talk to us about his new book, Thanos Was Right a right-wing perspective on that purple alien titan. Wait, Stern's a part of Hydra. They're practically Nazis. Nazi? Whoa, 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 whoa. Who's throwing around labels now, huh, Cap? August was the 20th anniversary to the Michael Mann masterpiece heat. So Justin Pulizzi decided to break out his always fantastic Al Pacino impersonation to honor it. So, Neil McCauley. Detective Vincent Anna. Seven years in Folsom. In the hole for three. McNeil before that. McNeil was as 
Tough as they say. You're looking to become a panologist? You're looking to go back? No, I chased down some crews just looking to fuck up and get busted back. You must have worked some dipshit crews. I worked all kinds. You see me doing thrill-seeking liquor store holdups with a born-to-lose tattoo on my chest? No, I do not. Right. I am never going back. Hi, my name is Gladys. I'll be your server this evening. Can I start you off with something to drink? Water. Coffee. Black? Or would you like any cream or sugar? Cream. Two sugars. And a little bit of uh, mint, if you got it. We do. I'll be right back. Sorry, where was I? Ah, that's right. I remember. If you don't want to go back, then don't take down scores. I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Try and stop guys like me. So you never wanted the regular type of life, huh? Fuck is that? Barbecues and ball games? Yeah. This regular type of life. That your life? My life? No. My life. My life's a disaster zone. I got a stepdaughter so fucked Here's up. Here's your water. Thanks. And here is your coffee. Mint, cream, and two sugars. Thank you, darling. Now, if you're ready to order, our specials are the glazed lamb chops and our wild mushroom cream soup. Do you mind? We're kind of in the middle of a thing here. Ah, uh, wait. What's in that? Well, the glazed lamb chops are slow-cooked, marinated with garlic and paprika with a balsamic vinaigrette reduction served with a side of farm-fresh applesauce. Oh. Now, the wild mushroom cream soup consists of a variety of pan-picked mushrooms mixed with velvety cream and served with freshly chopped scallions. Oh, that sounds good. I like scallions, Neil? I don't give a fuck. Great. Well, I get two of those. Excellent choice. I'll be right back with your order, gentlemen. Oh, I love cream soup. Can't live without it. Guy told me one time, don't let yourself get attached to anything you are not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. Well, that's an interesting point. What are you, a monk? I have a woman. Hi, sorry, did you two order the kosher salmon filet? No. Could you get the hell out of here? Hold on. You're saying that's 100% kosher? 100%. Good to know. We didn't order it, but, uh... Food for thought. Could we? Right. <clears throat> you know, I have this uh, recurring dream. I'm sitting at this big banquet table, and all the victims of all the murders I have ever worked are sitting at this table, and they're staring at me with these black eyeballs. And, uh, and man, what's taking us so long with the soup? Hannah. Focus up. Bank robbers in across from you. One of only two scenes in the movie. Sorry, sorry. You're right. Point is, you're sitting here, you and I, like a couple of regular fellas. You do what you do, and I do what I gotta do. And now that we've been face to face, if I'm there and I gotta put you away, I wouldn't like it. But I'll tell you, yeah. If it's between you and some poor bastard's wife, you're gonna turn into a widow. Oh. 
you are going down. There's a flip side to that coin. What if you do got me boxed in and I got to put you down? Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, dear Neil. Neil. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, you. to you. What? How, how did you know it was my birthday? Neil, I got a file on you as long as my arm. You think I don't know when your birthday is? Now come on. Blow out your candle. DJ Valentine and Justin Polizzi love Matt Reeves' film The Batman, to an almost sycophantic degree. They won't shut up about it. However, that doesn't mean the two won't parody it for a quick laugh. What the hell is this? Good cop, bad chick cop? Who's the Riddler? Riddler? How should I know? Let's make it easy for you, Oz. Cops caught you doing something. They were gonna shut you down, put you away. So you gave up a bigger fish to save your own ass. You routed out Salvatore Moroni's drops operation. Is that why you killed a girl? I didn't kill no girl. She worked for you at the 44 below. But you got too close, right? Found out that you were the rat, so you killed her. But somehow Riddler found out too. He knows so much about you. You must know about him. Who is he? Boy, you guys are a real hell of a duet here. Why don't you start harmonizing? There's only one problem with your little scenario, okay? I ain't no rat! You got any idea what Carmine Falcone would do to me if you heard this kind of talk? Well, you don't want to talk about rats, huh? Maybe we can talk about what they did to my partner's face. Holy God, what are you showing me here? Come on! Open your eyes! Are you El Rata Alada? El Rata Alada? Yeah, a rat with wings, a stool pigeon. That's not you? The symbol right here in the maze says you are El Rata Alada. You are El Rata. It says that? Why? You got something to tell us? Yeah! It's like the worst Spanish I ever heard. What? It's La. La Rata. What is this, really stupid or something? Jesus, look at you two. World's greatest detectives. Am I the only one here that knows the difference between L and La? No habla espanol, fellas? Do me a favor, shithead, and shut up. You think the Riddler made a mistake? He doesn't make mistakes. Technically, it's your mistake, not his. Shut up! up. Not out of the woods yet, bird brain. Take a look at this. This felt-tip pen was found at the crime scene at Riddler's third victim, District Attorney. Sullivan. I'd say that's more of a marker than a pen, but be that as it may, what's your point? She's been missing for weeks. What, the Riddler hired you to get rid of the body? I don't know nothing about that. Gwyn Sullivan. Pen Gwyn? This crime literally has your name written all over it. Gale. What? District Attorney Gale Sullivan. When's the daughter's name? Wait, that that's not right. She ran for office with that stupid slogan. You can't fail with Gale or something. Gordon, you're a cop, ain't you? You had to work together. We weren't on a first name basis. How do you explain her disappearance then? My guess? Maternity leave. Maternity leave? How do you figure that? Last time I saw the broad, she was knocked up but good. Oh, come on. No, that makes sense, actually. Hey, I think I'm pretty good at this detective thing. What do you think? Shut up. What about the assault on four police officers before fleeing from the scene down at GCPD headquarters? What? That was you! Right. Shit. Strike that. Hey, fellas. I'm starting to feel sorry for you two. You know, I'm a pretty big drug peddler. Vengeance, you were standing like two feet away from me and watched me do an actual drug deal without saying a word. Would you like to talk to me about that? No, I'm kind of hung up on this Riddler thing. Yeah, and that's more of a job for a vice cop. I'm major crimes. Oh, for crying out loud. Can I go? 
Or do you want to talk about the 26 people vengeance over there likely killed on the highway trying to catch me? Wait, what's he talking about, Batman? Batman? Where'd he go? <sighs> no wonder this town's gone to shit. The world has changed drastically in a little over a decade. So we thought how someone waking up from a coma would cope with today's state of affairs. Whoa, 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 take it easy, Mr. Maxwell. Where am I? You were in a car accident, Mr. Maxwell. Car accident? Yes, and as a result, you've been in a coma. For ten years. Ten years? Can you tell me what you remember? Remember? Right. Take your time. I, I remember leaving work. I'm a talent agent. I had just finished a meeting with a director. Uh, Ryan Johnson just finalized this contract to direct a... Well, let's just say a secret project with Disney. You mean Star Wars? Oh, it, he did it. Good. How, how did it turn out? Well, that's... Hard to say. What happened? Did it bomb? Oh no, it made plenty of money, but... Oh, thank goodness. Johnson must have finally listened to reason. Initially, he told me about some crazy idea he had to turn... character Luke Skywalker into some... Cowardly murdering hermit. Can you imagine? Um... Let's just focus on the accident. What else happened? Right, well... Like I said, I was driving and I... Got a call from another one of my clients, uh, Kevin Spacey, and... Whoa. What, what? I don't know how else to tell you this, but Kevin Spacey was canceled. What? House of Cards was the hottest show on TV. Netflix would never cancel it. They never cancel anything. No, no, your client, Kevin Spacey, he was canceled. How, how the hell do you cancel a person? Oh, that's right. Sorry. Canceling someone is the act of boycotting or shunning someone who has said or done something socially unacceptable. That's what happened to your client. And the majority of Hollywood, for that matter. You gotta be kidding me. What? What'd he do? He sexually assaulted several of his cast and crewmates. You can't do that anymore, either? What? What? You know what, Mr. Maxwell? Why don't you just rest up? A nurse will bring you some food, and someone will come by later to discuss billing. Right. Ten years of medical bills. Thankfully, I have residual checks accumulated from the deal I brokered for Benioff and Weiss's ten seasons of Game of Thrones. Eight seasons. Huh? There was only eight seasons of Game of Thrones. It got cancelled too? No. Mr. Benioff and Mr. Weiss decided to end the series early so that they could focus on developing another show centering on an alternate reality where the Confederacy won the Civil War. And to be honest, it was more like seven and a half seasons, not eight really. How the fuck do you wrap up Game of Thrones in seven and a half seasons? There's no way that procrastinating bastard George R.R. R. Martin finished writing the novels yet. Oh no, he didn't. But your clients decided they didn't want to wait, so they made up their own ending by themselves instead. Which was what? <sighs> what, Doc? What? You sure you wouldn't rather hear about the global pandemic that went on, or the world war we're about to be involved in? I mean, you wouldn't believe who became president while you Please. were- Please. Doc. <sighs> Fine. Jon Snow is banished to the Wall again for killing his lover-slash-aunt, Daenerys. Jaime abandons his character arc in order to die in a cave-in with Cersei. Arya becomes a pirate, I guess, after killing all the White Walkers with a magic knife, and Bran becomes the king of Westeros after Tyrion convinces everyone that he has, quote, the best story. Mr. Maxwell? Mr. Maxwell, code blue, code blue! 
There will be times when we will randomly message Jake Lloyd odd questions just to see how he will answer. The message we sent him that led to this sketch was. Can you do a Scrooge McDuck? Here is your answer. From the creator of Wipe Swap comes the show where we tag in and out some of your favorite antagonists. It's Villain Swap. On our premiere episode, thanks to the Fox Disney merger, the world of Die Hard is able to collide with the world of DuckTales. Ladies and gentle ducks. Ladies and gentle ducks. Uh, due to the McDuck Enterprise's legacy of greed around the globe, they are about to be taught a lesson in the real use of power. You will be witnesses. No. Where is Mr. McDuck? Ebenezer Scrooge McDuck. Born Glasgow, Scotland, 1947. Family migrated to Duckburg, 1989. Self-proclaimed adventure capitalist, which is not a real thing. Founder and CEO of McDuck Enterprises, LLC, which no one knows what they make. Enough! And uncle of five. I'm Scrooge. How do you do? It's a pleasure to meet you. Villain Swap. Sometimes a lifestyle change can be deadly. You won't get away with this. I'll see to it. Do you hear me? The police are probably already on their way. Nice suit. John Phillips, London. I have two myself. Rumor has it Darkwing Duck buys his there. If you've come here to take my lucky dime, it isn't here. It's shown at the Smithsonian. And to be honest, it really ain't that lucky. I believe you. I read the article in Forbes. Villain swap! Variety is the spice of life. And, well, death. Mr. McDuck. I can talk about race cars, lasers, and aeroplanes all day, but I'm afraid work must intrude... And I have some questions for you. Sort of fill in the blanks questions, actually. You came here to access my computer. Whatever information on me or executives you're trying to get will be encrypted. Mr. McDuck! Mr. McDuck, I'm not really interested in your computer. What I am interested in is the $640 billion of gold coins you have locked in your money bin. And the computer controls the money bin. You just want money? What kind of terrorists are you? <laughs> Who said we were terrorists? Now, the code, please. It's useless to you. There are seven safeguards on my money bin, and the code is only one of them. You'll never get it open. I am going to count to three. There will not be a four. Give me the code. One. Two. Three. I'm afraid, Mr. Gruber, the only way you're getting that code is over my dead duck buddy. Okay. Villain swap! The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Occasionally, 
It's stained with blood. I wanted this to be professional. Efficient, adult, cooperative, not a lot to ask. Alas, your Mr. McDuck didn't see it that way, so he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. Villain swap! And don't worry, the swaps on this show will go both ways. Uh, could you say that again, John? But they seem to be uh, anthropomorphic uh, beagles. Oh, and old-timey bandit masks. Uh, red sweaters with police lineup numbers taped to the chest. You believe me now, pal? He's a fucking bartender. A drunk one at that. Villain swap! Alien is considered to be one of the most terrifying films ever made. So what better way to kick off Halloween than with an O to it from one of the most terrifyingly bad podcasts ever constructed? How come the large ass movie blog sent us a goddamn robot? Because they must have wanted the simplistic reviews podcast for their lamb podcasting network. It's been protecting them right along. Parker, would you plug it in? Um, I don't know why. Because he may know how to stop it. Ash, can you hear me? Ash! Yes, I can hear you. What was your special order? You read it. I thought it was clear. What was it? Secure and broadcast the Simplistic Reviews podcast on our network. Priority one. All other priorities rescinded. Playing that filthy show for the damn company. What about our lives, you son of a bitch? I repeat, all other priorities rescinded. How do we stop their show, Ash? You can't. There's got to be a way of killing it. How? You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect podcast. That's bullshit! The show's structural perfection is only matched by the host's hostility. You admire it. You're subscribed. I admire their purity. And a few of their dick jokes. The difficulty to tell so many... In that shorter period, the three of them, unclouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality, they mocked the death of David Carradine multiple times. Look, I, I've heard enough of this, and I'm asking you to pull the plug. Last word. What? I can't lie to you about your chances of not listening, but you have my sympathies. After this sketch was made, the debate on whether it was more apropos to release it in October or December raged on for weeks. And I think that's the point. Okay, Mr. Um, Skeletor, are you ready to begin? Of course. Jack Skeleton screen test for Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, take one. Action. What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. air, air. Can, can we stop for a second? Um, what's the matter? In this scene, Jack is seemingly perplexed by snow falling around him, right? Yes, he's he's never seen it before. Okay, then why shortly after is he commenting on children throwing snowballs? I'm... I'm not following. He knows what snowballs are, but not snow? It's a song. It's whimsical. It just needs to rhyme. Try not to focus on the lyrics. Try to focus on the feelings that Jack is feeling. Precognizance and dementia? Why don't we try an easier scene? Page 37. Jack giving orders. Fine. I can do that. Good. 
Jack Skelton screen test for Tim Burton. He's not before Christmas. Take two. Action. Take him home fast. And apologize again. Be careful with Santa Claus when you fetch him. Treat him nicely. I'm sorry. Can I? Yes. What now? It says here Jack tells his minions. Lock, shock, and barrel. Tells them to capture the real Santa Claus. Correct. But then the script says a time-passing montage begins? Yes, ending at Christmas Eve. Why do Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels wait that long to capture Santa Claus? Take it from someone who actually has minions. When I command them to capture that infernal He-Man, I don't mean after the leaves change color. I want his destruction as immediate and jarring as his haircut. <laughs> Excuse me. What is your point? Logic dictates if we capture Santa Claus at the same rate of speed that we captured the Easter Bunny, we take him to Okie Boogie, he in turn eats him, making it impossible for me to save him later. That's a pretty big flaw in the plot, don't you think? This is a children's film. Written by children? Look, maybe I can discuss this with Tim. Oh, Mr. Burton isn't directing this film. What? Tim Burton isn't the director of this project. Forgive me. The film is called Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas, is it not? Yes, he's a producer. A bit of false advertising, if you ask me. We didn't. Well then, who on Etania is in charge of this? Mr. Henry Selleck. Am I supposed to know who that is? Henry Selleck is me. I'm the director. Well, Henry, not like I care, but this may be the strangest Halloween movie I've ever heard of. And I've seen The Witches of Eastwick. We see this more as a Christmas movie. What? 80% of the film takes place in Halloween Town. Before Christmas is in the title. Do you think decapitated heads and grim, brutal, monochromatic claymation death screams holiday spirit? What are you, German? Or maybe you're emo. Which I just think is another way of saying fashionably depressed. Do you have a I hot topic again gift card? We're seeing this guy. We're casting a skeleton. Have you had this this is Skeletor. He was a pretty notable performer in, in the 80s. Notable performer? I'll have you know. Oh, sorry. I thought my appointment was at three. Oh, it is, Mr. Beastman. Come on in. Apologies. We went a little long. Beastman? What are you doing here, you incompetent carpet? I'm here for the scary Christmas movie, Skeletor. It's not a Christmas... Wait. Oh, no. There is no way you're auditioning for this part, too. Actually, no. Mr. Beastman is here for the role of Oogie Boogie. And technically... I'm not here for an audition. It's a callback. Callback? Yes, we really love what you brought to the character last time, Mr. Beastman. You gotta be fucking kidding me! No! No! Let's go! But Skeletor! Right now! Sorry, Henry Selick. Before James Gunn blew up the DC Cinematic Universe, a film called Black Adam came out starring Wayne The Rock Johnson. It even had a cameo from Superman. We made that cameo a bit longer since, we had a sneaky suspicion, Henry Cavill wasn't going to be back as Superman for as long as he thought. This fall, the hierarchy of power in the DC Universe is about to change. Dwayne The Rock Johnson brings to life a new type of hero, Black Adam. Black Adam. In this world, there are heroes 
and there are villains. Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. I do too. Superman, the red and blue Boy Scout. You're not seriously trying to compare yourself to me. Why not? Please. I'm a genuine anti-hero. I'm edgy, I'm cool, I'm played by an actor with an incredibly high Q score. And I have a hefty body count. So do I. What? Who have you ever killed? Uh, duh. General Zod ring a bell? Straight up snapped his neck like a twig. You cried like a wuss in your girlfriend's arms after. Hardly edgy, pal. It was a very emotional moment for me. Uh-huh. Still, one guy. Not really on my level. And and let's not forget the countless number of innocent people I killed while me and Zod trashed Metropolis. True, but I think Zod was doing most of the heavy lifting there. I also killed Doomsday. Stabbed him right through the heart. <laughs> Doesn't count. What? Doesn't count. How doesn't it count? Well, for one, you died doing that, so that's kind of a sucker play. That's harsh. Secondly, Doomsday was just a reanimated Zod corpse, so... You just killed the same guy again. Come on, that's semantics. Call it what you want. How about killing through an action? Huh, tough guy? Killing through an action. Yeah. I kinda sorta agreed to stand by and let my father get killed by a tornado in order to protect my secret identity. That's not edgy. It's more manslaughter through stupidity, if anything. How'd you figure that? You're like super fast. You probably could have just pulled your dad to safety in a blink of an eye without anybody ever seeing it was you. Hmm, that's true. Why didn't I think of that? Face it, Kryptonian. I'm a bad guy Warner Brothers is trying to make into a hero. You're a hero who accidentally has taken a life or two. That depends on when you actually believe life begins. Well, my political affiliations are still a bit cloudy, but what's your point? I blew up a giant ship filled with embryos. On purpose! What? Why? Krypton had its chance! Whoa, are you okay? Sorry, sorry. Ah, got caught up there. Um, do you guys still need me here, or... Shut, Shut up, up Hawkman! Nobody likes you. Yeah? You're super lame. <laughs> See what I did there? No. Henry Cavill is back as Superman. And The Rock plays The Rock in Black Adam. The name of this sketch is called Over My Dead Body. Something the real Robert Zemeckis has actually said about future entries being made to Back to the Future. For his sake, we hope he's wrong. It's the Rex Stewart Show. This week on Rex, we welcome acclaimed director Robert Zemeckis. Now my producer would kill me if I didn't ask you this. And you probably know where this is going, but Robert Zemeckis, the fans are willing. The cast is willing. The studio is definitely willing. Will you ever make another Back to the Future movie? Rex, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. The only way there will ever be another Back to the Future movie is if I'm dead. Paul, <laughs> open the door. Open the door, Paul. Jesus, Robert. It's three o'clock in the morning. What's going on? I'm in trouble, Paul. 
another dead hooker? No, 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 no. That was a, that was a one-time thing. The studio is trying to kill me, and I don't mean with overwork or with a forced casting of Crispin Glover. I mean, dead in the ground. Kill me. What? Why? I said that the only way I'd allow them to make another Back to the Future movie is after I'm dead. And I was serious about that, Paul. Problem is, so were they. They're gonna kill me. Oh my God, it's them. You let them follow you here? You don't understand. They're they're everywhere. I I, I need your help. My help? You're my agent. I pay you to protect me. Yeah, protect you from flimsy contracts or shitty product placement deals with Sanka. Not homicidal maniacs. Can you just help me move this dresser in front of the door? This would go a whole lot easier, Bob, if we just move the door so we can set you straight. It's time to give the people what they want, Bob. You'll never take me alive! That's kind of the point, Bob. Wait. Spielberg. Spielberg is a producer on Back to the Future. He's your mentor. Maybe he can call them off. Of course. Put it on speaker. Um, Steven? It's Flay. What's the matter? Steven, the people at the studio, they're trying to kill me so they can make their Back to the Future sequel. I know. I need your help to get me out of town or... Shit, shit, shit! I told you! They're everywhere! That's it. I'm not going out without a fight. Holy shit, Robert, you brought a gun? You're goddamn right. Is it loaded? I think so. You think... Here, let me see that. Fine, whatever. Hey, they... Stop knocking. Paul, why? You have to give the people what they want. It's done. It's the Rex Stewart Show. This week on Rex, the entire cast of the new Back to the Future movie pay a visit and honor the late, great Robert Zemeckis. Our opening Christmas sketch required the most research of any sketch this year. All to make a cheeky parody of Pulp Fiction. Boy, do we waste potential. So tell me again about Christmas over there. Okay, what you want to know? Well, do they celebrate it? Yeah, they celebrate it, but it ain't no Hallmark Channel fa-la-la-la sort of Christmas. In some places, kids put a shoe or a boot by the chimney or the back door and wake up on Christmas morning to find treats like gingerbread men, marzipan, or chocolate lettuce inside. They don't get gifts. They do, but, but get this. They celebrate Christmas on December 25th and 26th. Two days of the year. Oh man, I'm going. That's all there is to it. I'm fucking going. I know, baby. You dig it the most. But you know the funniest thing about Christmas overseas? What? It's the little differences. I mean, they got the same holiday shit over there as we got here, but it's just, it's just there's a little different. Example. All right, well, you can go Christmas caroling in Wales, but they do it with a horse head. I don't mean no stuffed animal. 
I need a horse skull mounted on a pole. And in Poland, Christmas dinner can't start until the first star appears in the night sky. And you know what they call a, a Santa Claus in a Paris? They don't call him Santa Claus? Nah, that name is derived from the Dutch. People from Paris hate the fucking Dutch. So what do they call him? They call him Le Père Noël. Le Père Noël. What do they call Rudolph? Rudolph is just Rudolph, but they call him Rudolph. Rudolph. <laughs> what do they call Frosty? I don't know. I didn't get to go into Wendy's. You know what they eat in Japan on Christmas? What? Kentucky Fried Chicken. God damn! I've seen them do it, man. Bring their whole families out there to eat buckets of that shit. Come on, let's get to work. Oh, shit. Yeah, oh, shit is right. Sit down. Let me take a wild guess here. You're Brett, right? Y yeah. We were sent here by your holiday benefactor. You do remember your holiday benefactor, don't you? I, I remember. I, I remember. So you should remember what he said would happen if you ended up on the naughty list. Right? I get some, uh... Coal or, coal or something? Yeah, well, coal isn't as eco-friendly as the big man likes, so... We decided to stick something else small and hard in your stocking, so to speak. Wait, just wait. I I'm sure we, we, we can work something out. You sing Christmas songs, Brett. What? Carols, motherfucker! Do you sing them? Yes, yes. Well, this is a song I got memorized that fits this occasion. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout, and I'm telling you why. Santa Claus! is coming to town. Our last sketch of the year centers around one of the most recognizable holiday films of all time, A Christmas Story. Fun fact. The idea for the sketch stemmed from DJ Valentine and his sister binge-watching Dahmer on Netflix. Let that sink in. What's your name, little boy? Hey, kid. Hurry up. The store's closing. Come on. Listen, little boy, we've got a lot of people waiting here, so get going. And what do you want for Christmas, little boy? My mind had gone blank. Frantically, I tried to remember what it was I wanted. I was blowing it, blowing it. How about a nice, uh, football? 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 What's a football? With unconscious will, my voice squeaked out, football! Okay, get him out of here. A football? Oh no! What was I doing? Wake up, stupid! Wake up! No! Shoot your eye out, kid. Or even worse yet, maybe you won't. Maybe you're a bit of a natural. You take firearms like a duck takes to water. Maybe after a couple of weeks of practice, you become a crack shot. Maybe you switch from shooting taped up pictures of the Marlboro Man you cut out of a magazine to something with a heartbeat. Maybe you're plugging pigeons and squirrels from 40 yards out. That's not target practice, little boy. That's murder. 
And after a few months of summary executions, you've gotten a taste for it. Maybe after you shoot one of those pigeons or squirrels, you take them back to your treehouse and tear them apart to see how they tick. Another sort of practice so in 10 years you can know exactly what to do when you're cutting some co-ed open to see how they tick. By then you've probably moved on from BBs to 9mm hollow points or maybe you're a buckshot guy or maybe you like the way a 22 slug bounces around inside of one of your victims like a game of pinball. The point is Santa's not going to perpetuate the building blocks of your eventual path into becoming a mass murderer. Enjoy the foot... You know what? Football players kind of become maniacs too. Let's go with some socks, huh? Merry Christmas! Ho, ho, ho! That's end the year of hooky hijinks and crude humor from us at the Simplistic Reviews Podcast. Much thanks to all who contributed this year to enable our nonsense. We promise that next year, our show will strive for even dirtier jokes, cringier parodies, shakier impersonations, lazier editing, and sillier writing. Because in a world full of respectable podcasts, we've cornered the market on disrespect. <laughs>